Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I want to talk about planning. Now this can be one of those things where some people quite enjoy it, others hate it. Many dyslexics kind of are great at parts of it, but other parts they really struggle with and they build all these intricate solutions to make it work for them from overly complicated spreadsheets to not caring at all uh, and just hoping things work out. And I think I'm going to just share a few points that I've learned from uh, working on planning this wedding with my fiance and what we've, you know, from my perspective, what we've done. I might see if I can convince her to do a rebuttal podcast where she just probably says the opposite of what I've just said, but uh, it would be hilarious, right? So I'll work on that. <laughs> but for today's podcast, it's uh, coming from me and I'm going to share some ideas and thoughts. Let's dive into it. Okay, let's dive into this episode. So this this really came about as we've been planning our wedding. When you hear this, if you listen to it when it's released, it'll either be the day of my wedding or the day before it. So we'll know how well it's planned afterwards. I'll make sure I mention it in next week's podcast. Uh, but these are these are probably the things I would pull away if I, if, I, if I stood back and said how different planning this wedding is to my last one. This is my second marriage, and how much I've enjoyed the process of this wedding, just completely enjoyed it. Um, you know, from start to finish, it's just been great. You know, we've had a few minor ups and downs, but nothing in the grand scheme of life, nothing that I can complain about. Um, and a lot of the stuff, it's not unique to a wedding. If you're planning a party, if you're planning something at work and you've got a big responsibility around it, if you're planning something in your life, a lot of these lessons will stick. So I've got five of them for you. I've written them down and I'm going to uh, go through them one by one to give you yeah, a bit of an understanding of what I think is important when planning anything, especially when it involves someone else. Planning stuff on your own is a little bit easier, but, but when you're working with others, especially on like team work projects, etc., it can be tough. So the first things first, have a clear picture and make sure you're on the same page. Too often, dyslexics will sit in a meeting, they'll listen to everything they've heard, they'll have heard a couple of things that they like, and their brains will have gone off into a tangent, and they'll be, you know, you'll be daydreaming about that stuff, you know, rebuilding something or creating something differently, and you'll have missed about 80% of the detail. You know, is, does anyone agree with me? Has anyone been in that situation? I think I think we've all been there at some point. Most of us are pretty good these days at hacking it together after the fact, but it, it doesn't change that it can leave us a bit unconfident, not sure of what's happening. So what is vital at the beginning of any project is making sure you have a clear picture. You know, be aware if you haven't listened to something or you're unsure of it, you know, that's okay. Don't wait until right at the end to go, oh, I got that wrong, because it's a lot more painful. So for me and Holly, when we sat down with our wedding, is we, we really discussed what we wanted and what we didn't want. What was our picture? Before we even considered how or when, it was what are we planning? You know, is this going to be a big wedding with 300 people? Or do we want something sharper and simpler that we will enjoy? Um, do we want to be, is it more of a show for others? Or do we want it to be a like a party where we can just enjoy working to, you know, enjoy working, you know, enjoy the, 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 the day. Can we have a few drinks, uh, have some food, enjoy the experience, which was what we went with, as you can imagine. And so we got really clear really quickly on what 
success look like? If we were going in different directions um, for a similar outcome, it wouldn't have worked. It would have just gone poof. So we took that time to plan it, put on some light music, spend a couple of hours. You know, we didn't rush into the we need to do lists yesterday, which is what I used to do. We, we took time to really get clear. And because we got clear on that, the venue became obvious very quickly. So we, so we were able to go, yeah, that would be great. Let's see if we can secure it. Once that was secured, we had to have a date. So the date got secured and we took time to do that. So we took time to get the, the overall picture right. And then we took time to get the core, I don't want to say assets, but the core pieces, the milestones or the, the big anchor points right. Because if you can imagine a location and a date, that starts to give you a picture of the weather, you know, what is it going to look like? Where is it going to be? And so, you know, getting that clear really helped the rest of the process. I'll guarantee you that. Now, the second thing is know that you suck at timelines, you know, so start early if possible. You know, we're either early starters or remarkably late starters. So what I mean by that is, if you've got to, if someone says you've got to get hand that in by tomorrow and you've even started, you'll work the next twenty four hours like a beast to finish things, because many of us are what's called just in time finishers. It's really important to know if you are one of those people. You'll know it. You know, you're, you're sometimes the most focused in the last three hours before th- something's due. Um, and it kind of gives you an energy and you, and you can smash it out and then you're proud of yourself and then you're on to the next thing that needs to be finished. Now with bigger projects that can be tough, it doesn't quite as easy as that. You've got to, you've got to put a bit more work in. If we tried to do this three days before the wedding, it would be a very different wedding. A lot of people would not have shown up. So what we, what we decided to do is we said, Hey, let's start the planning process well in advance. Like I want to say we started planning this over the last 12 months, really, um, slowly. And we got those massive kind of keystone things in where we booked the venue, the dates, the time, you know, we didn't know how it was going to, how it's going to work at that point, but we just knew those key things were vital. And we, and we basically sat there and said, is there anything we have to do? you know, early, what's an early thing? Are there early things we must do? And we weren't there like picking out like tablecloths or whatever it was or anything like that. We, we said, okay, we probably should invite people. That's probably a good thing. So we said, what if we just said the next thing we have to do is that. And so we, we took the time to pull together a list, you know, again, and it took us probably three weeks of messing around with it to get it right. And, you know, we had a few breaks in there and then we got onto it a bit more and then, you know, we just played with it. We enjoyed the process. We didn't force ourselves to rush it, but we knew that was important and we kind of gave ourselves a date. We wanted it out by. So we kind of created a just in time finishing point for that specific task. And that helped us stay, you know, stay agile and, and on task. So that's really, really important. Uh, and don't lie to yourself. We are like, we're all just in time finishers. There'll be things we'll be finishing, you know, probably up to the last day or two you know, minor stuff, of course, but, you know, we'll still be doing that. Um, So that's really important. The third thing, do you have the energy that you really want to do something? Like if you're dyslexic and you're planning or ADHD and you're planning a lot of stuff and you don't like it, you're not interested in it, you just hate the whole thing, you're not going to have the energy to get across the line. Um, I've learned that over the years, it becomes very painful. Now, the more painful it becomes closer to the end, I take that as a sign in my life to not do something. 
So for this wedding, there was not like that. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. We're like, we're, you know, we're balancing each other out. It's going really well. We're on the same track. I'm so excited. The, the experience of planning was, as, you know, great. So the wedding is going to be amazing as well because we're on the same page. But there have been things in jobs I've had in the past where I just can't bring myself to get it done. And I just keep going, why am I doing this? I hate it. I hate it. You know, and occasionally, don't get me wrong, there are things and plans you're going to have to do that you're not going to love. But if you get to a point where you're repeating something that you just despise, you know, you're never going to plan it well. You're, never, you're only going to be, you're going to be, it's going to drain every part of your energy. So what I would say is if you are, if you do find yourself planning something like that, do you have to be the one planning it? Can someone else do it? Is there part of the plan that you'd be good at, but you don't want the responsibility for the other 80%? You know, don't feel that you're the only person in the world that can do something. Too often I see, you know, those with dyslexia and ADHD taking on way too much. You know, thinking, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And before the end of it, they're like, I can technically do that. I don't want to do that is what they should say. They should say, I can do that, but I don't want to. I shouldn't do that, but I don't want to. That would be a much better phrasing, right? Because otherwise what happens is you get overloaded by taking on way too much responsibility that you technically can do in the moment, but in reality, you don't want to do it. Um, and it can be a really big hole you get into. And like I've seen this multiple times, it leads to stress, burnout, everything in between. And when you really need to stand up and say, hey, I don't want to do that. It's not my my thing. The other person goes, oh, that's great. I'm glad you raised that. And then you're like, what? It was it that easy? You know, usually a lot of the time it is. We overthink this stuff, right? So get out of that place if you do get trapped in it um, because it, it is very, very painful. But for me personally, in this experience, I enjoyed the whole thing. There were definitely parts Holly took a lot of control over and she was great at. And there's a few little bits I've taken over. So it's been a real balanced piece. We've made all the major decisions together. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of find that, that beautiful balance. Cool. So number four, trust in your ability and your team. So, you know, there are two types of plans. There's one where it's just you planning the whole thing. Sometimes that's a good thing. If it's a small thing, you know, I'm going to say thing, you put in what you want the thing to be in your picture, but it's, you know, when, when you start playing with other people in the sandpit, you know, other things appear, other things occur. And so you've got to really be able to trust in other people. Many of us struggle with control on, on certain parts of what we do. We're, we're not good at it because we, we want to control everything. And that's always a mixture of, perf of needing it to be perfect or the picture in your head. And it's also a challenge of sometimes explaining what you're thinking in a logical way. It's not always natural. It's not always enjoyable to explain what's going on in your head. It can be tiring and you can get it wrong and then things don't work the way you dream. Then we get angry and then everything goes raw. You know, it's, that that can happen, right? So you need to one, trust in, you know, trust in others. It's so important. Like you can't create anything amazing if you can't learn to trust in others. And you've got to work to your strength of how you explain things. I commonly say, what's your picture? throughout the day what's your picture not because i'm questioning the person's motives or anything but i need to hear what are they seeing because i could be seeing something completely different so i repeat what's your picture that's my big phrase i love it um, and then I, I try and explain my picture as a story you know 
I get that stuff across really clearly. You know, for example, my picture of of the aisle, I think it should be straight down here. My picture is this. I, I have a picture of something being underneath the altar. I just have a picture of that in my head. I'm not sure what it is. Have you got any thoughts about that? And, you know, based on that type of conversation, we get things right. Things don't go wrong because we're sharing our pictures rather than trying just to spurt out things and pieces and, and stuff. So, and by the end of that, I have to trust Holly's going to do a great job and we both want the same thing. And it all rolls back into right at the start of any plan, make sure you're both on the same journey. If one of you is going in one direction, the other's going the other, it doesn't matter how much stuff you do with planning, it ain't going to work. I'll tell you that for free. Um, we've all been there before where, you know, you're both pulling a, a rope in different directions. It's, you know, you don't get you don't get very far, right? So that's four things around planning. Now, I thought I had a fifth, but what I've actually done with the fifth one is it's kind of a mixture of all of them together. And it's, well, it's maybe it's a bit different now that I read it. It's, um, it's about responsibility. You need really understanding the phrase responsibility. Now, responsibility is a real trigger word. If I say to you, what does responsibility mean? What comes to your mind? You know, for me, it's it's probably something like um, if I say I'm going to do something, I follow through. That's kind of it's probably not the it's not the director of definition, I'm sure, but to me, that's what it what it is. Like if it's kind of sticking to your promises, it's my responsibility. And so, making sure you know that and you understand responsibility is vital because you can't do everything, but you've got to do some things. And so making sure you know what's your responsibility. So I need to get a piece of music for the event. And I've said, I will do that. That is my responsibility. That is on my list. I need to put it on a whiteboard in front of me so I don't forget it. And it's um, very important to what we're doing. So that's my responsibility. So I have to be very clear about what I am actually responsible for. And I also have to, and again, in the old days, I used to take over other people's responsibilities. I was like a scattergun. You know, I'd do something really well, but it wasn't my responsibility to do. And that doesn't help build trust by other people. They just don't trust you if you start doing their work. And it's basically saying they can't do it. Do you know what I mean? So when you've actually planned all this stuff and you start to play around with responsibilities, it's about saying, okay, how can we, how can everyone be clear on that? Like you don't want all the detail in every minor thing, but you need to give people the responsibilities or you end up doing it all yourself and it's not really a teamwork job and you just stress yourself out and you hate the whole experience and it doesn't really work. And by the end, you promise never to do it again, then you do it again the next time, right? So it's about getting clear and it doesn't have to be, you know, when we say, you know, give responsibilities for the tasks or something geeky and crazy like that. It doesn't have to be that complex. You know, for the wedding, for example, you know, we've kind of been lucky enough because we live together with, as, as you can imagine, we're doing this together. So we've both had a really clear line of communication the whole time. Any questions, I'm here. We want to talk about it. We've both got the energy behind it. And, um, and, and I'm conscious that Holly likes taking responsibility for a lot of stuff. It's kind of her way of controlling it. And it's good. She's great at it. And then I've just taken on the pieces she's wanted me to do, like making sure I buy nice nice clothes, I write good vows. There's a few other pieces as well in there that I've done, and I'm conscious of my responsibilities, and I take them seriously. And it's very 
you know, both of us and times have I've probably stepped over the line to what Holly's focusing on, and vice versa. And we have to be very conscious that we don't do that too often, or it just feels like you're being overwritten. Written. Does that make sense? I always, um, always remember this neurodiverse couple I, I, I knew. They said it really well, and they said how they divvy up goals and responsibilities in their relationship is if one of them is really passionate about something. So say one of them's super passionate about flowers. They love flowers. I love flowers. I want to make sure the flowers at the wedding are amazing. And the other one says, oh, well, flowers are great, but I, I'm not, I don't have that much energy. The other person who's got the energy takes responsibility. Does that make sense? So they take on that level of responsibility because they've got the drive behind it. And I, I found that really good. I love that. And I use that in our relationship now. Like if Holly really wants something and I'm on the fence, I'll go with the energy. Vice versa. Like if I really want to watch a football match and she knows it's important to me, then we prioritize that. And vice versa, we find a balance. And it's the same in planning. Make sure... Whoever's got the passion around certain things takes control of that piece because that's going to drive them to get things done. So yeah, that's the planning episode. Whew, better go off and get married, right? Better actually go and uh, put this plan into action. Now I've just got to get everything. Now everything just has to fall perfectly into place, um, which is really exciting. So I'm going to go and do that. You have an epic rest of your day. I know I will. And I'll be back next week. and I'll give you an update on how the wedding's gone. So uh, thank you for listening to Truth About Dyslexia. Thank you to everyone who's sharing the podcast. It's had a real spike, which is awesome. Recently, um, I love helping everybody. And thank you for all your kind messages that come in. I do read them. And I do my best to get back to everyone wherever possible. If I haven't, email me again. But have an epic rest of your day. And I'll uh, be back soon. Mm-hmm.